So next, Charles is going to kick off this open house series with our topic, finding, I keep wanting to slaughter it, finding richness of life in every today. Here's Charles. Ah, thank you. Very nice to be welcomed with an applause rather than booze. That's nice. Anybody have a hard time getting here today? I had a hard time, and I live in downtown. It seems like every fall, they just shut down this area. There's something going on every Sunday, so I applaud you for making your way here. Yay, well done. It's good to have you. Welcome to the river, especially if you are new to us. We like having visitors around here because we are an open church. We absolutely believe that everyone with every conceivable background and culture can enjoy what Jesus came to offer. Because he said, this is what he said about the purpose behind why he came. He said, the thief comes to steal, destroy, and kill, but my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. Now, doesn't that sound good? Life in all its fullness? Who wouldn't be interested in that? Anyone here not interested in richer and fuller experience of your moment-to-moment daily life? Anyone? Anyone go, nah, I want my life to really suck. That's what I'm going for. Anybody? Right? I mean, we all want life to be good, as good as it can be, if you're a human being with a pulse, that is, right? I think every human being could use help to find richness, of life in every today. I really like that phrase. What about you? And not just because we came up with it. That's a good phrase, don't you think? Find richness of life in every today. That's a good thing to shoot for as a human being. I mean, Jesus says that's his purpose in coming. And that's why this is our purpose as a church built on him. It's good good enough of a purpose for him. It should be good enough for us as a church following him. Don't you think? And that's why I love this church so much. Because it helps me find richer and fuller life. I really don't know what I would do without this church. Because it's not easy. This is not something that's easy to do on your own. Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, destroy, and kill. Think about that for a sec. He's saying there's a spiritual force out there. It's like entropy or something. Left to itself, life just slips through your fingers. And that feels especially true living in New York. Life in New York, it goes by so fast. Have you heard of that phrase, New York Minute? Right? Anybody? It just, bam, bam, bam. In New York, we got things to do, things to see. We got to do this, do that. It's just so easy for life to just fly by and weeks go by. And I just, you just kind of realize, oh, it's fall already. Anybody feel that way? 2016 is almost over already. It feels like yesterday when, it, when it's a calendar turned over. 
But every day we just we get so busy. There's so much to do. We get so caught up in the routines of the day. We get caught up in worries. We get caught up in you know, regrets or office politics or this or that. And just days go by and we just can't even keep track of how we spent these days, let alone find richness of life every today. That's my experience. How about you? Anybody? Am I just, anybody relate to this? Yeah? But folks, let's let's think about this. See, life, everyone's life consists of each today after today after today after today. At the end of life, all that life is, is just a string and collection of every today that we have lived. Wouldn't you agree? And so if we are not even keeping track of these days that are going by, At the end of life, when we look back, what would have happened? The whole life would have just gone by, and we haven't even lived. That's what Jesus means by life getting stolen. When you're not even aware of it, it just goes by. So easy to happen. And and this is why the Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. That's such a powerful verse because this day is the only day we have. This is the only day we can choose to rejoice and be glad. I want us to note that phrase, we will, will. It takes will, it takes choice, it takes, it takes intentional effort It takes faith to rejoice and be glad in each today that we live. But again, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's basically, I'm going to say, it's, humanly speaking, this is impossible. My experience is that this is just practically impossible. Because things get hard. Life gets hard. This past summer, I had a rough girl. Many of you know that I have a chronic back problem and my disc has a tendency to rupture and pop and it happened this summer and it was a bad one. And so it just put me on my back. There was constant pain. I'm getting better now, but you may have noticed I'm preaching a little less often than I am. I just have to take it easy a little bit. I am getting better, but you know, when your disc is popped, it's like... There's this constant stabbing pain, needle prick pain down your leg. There's loss of strength. There's loss of sensation. There's just constant pain 24-7. And things like that can happen to anyone. Something happens, right? Something unexpected, something we don't deserve. Something happens and all of a sudden life becomes painful. It becomes a struggle. Anybody? It happens, right? When it's like that, it's really hard. The Bible tells us to rejoice always, pray continually, be grateful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. This is a verse worth memorizing. Because... 
There's nowhere else in the Bible that puts it so blunt. This is will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Many people wonder, ask someone like me as a pastor, you know, what is the will of God for my life? What is the will of God? Well, here it is, folks. You don't have to wonder anymore. The answer is right here. Plain and clear. This is the will of God. If you are rejoicing, if you are grateful, then you are in the will of God. And if you're not, no matter what you're doing, no matter how much service you're performing, no matter what you're doing for God, you are outside the will of God if this is not happening. This is it, folks. It's so plain and clear. Very powerful verse, and yet so difficult. So difficult to understand even. And and practically impossible to actually do. Because when there's pain down your leg... And it's stabbing you. How do you go? Hallelujah. I'm just so grateful. I'm rejoicing right now. You know, there's a joke about how I always talk about the subway. So I'll bring it up again. (laughs) When you're sitting in the subway. You're not sitting. You're standing. There's no seats. You're standing in the subway. Waiting for the subway to come. And it just doesn't come. You're waiting for the R line to tread it, R line. Well, you could wait 20 minutes and it just doesn't come. And then there's delays. I mean, it seems like there's a delay on pretty much every train I get on. Seriously. It just follows me around. You know, if you see me waiting for the subway, just go for another subway. There will be a delay. And when you're just standing there waiting for the subway to come and there's pain in your leg and it just builds up and up and up and then you see these rats running around. Right? right? And you go, how do you go? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm rejoicing today. And now when you're just stewing inside and you're getting really angry, how do you like force yourself to smile? How do, you, how do you do this? How do you go, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. So I will do this verse. I am going to rejoice. I am going to smile. Even though I am up to here, I am going to smile. <laughs> That's freaky, right? I mean, did I just freak you out? <laughs> it should have freaked you out. It freaks me out. That's not natural. It's just not natural. So how do you force yourself to joy? Yes, it involves will and effort, but it's not natural to just will yourself to joy. It doesn't work. So that's where maybe there's another way to think about this. The Bible says joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, fruit is something that comes to you naturally. If the tree is healthy, If nothing is blocking the sunlight and the water, fruit comes. It's not something that tree goes, "Mm, I'm going to produce this fruit. You know, it just comes, you know. And so what if spiritual health, if you think about spiritual health and joy and gratitude as the fruit of the spirit that comes naturally if nothing is blocking your connection to God, if nothing is blocking and hurting and poisoning you, 
If, the, if you can start thinking about life killers and joy killers and make sure that they are not present in your life, then joy will come because God is good. I want to talk about three specific joy killers today. Anxiety, regret, and blame. Good list, don't you think? This affects every human being I know. Anxiety, regret, blame. I experienced all three richly this summer. When I'm lied, I'm put, I was put on my back, and you're just on your bed, and you can't do anything, and you're just stewing in that pain. You don't really have anything else to do and you're just in your head. There's all these voices in your head and there was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of worry. It's not just about the pain that's present that time. It's about what makes it even worse is all these thoughts in my head about when will this ever end? What if it doesn't end? What if I don't get better? When will I get better? If I don't get better, then I'll just, I'm basically paralyzed. I can't do any work. I'll lose my job. My family will leave me. I'll be all alone, by myself. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're in that space of anxiety, it kind of has a tendency to roll. You think about these worst case scenarios where you... where one thing happens and then that'll lead to another thing and that'll lead to another thing and before you know it, you are in this dark hole. Anybody relate to that? Yeah, right? I mean, this is a very human experience, right? Happens to everyone. And, And that is even worse than the pain you're experiencing. You know, all that anxiety. But folks, when we are in that world, we are creating this fantasy reality that isn't real because it's just in our head, right? And we're pulling in some what-if scenario that's not real into today and experiencing all the pain of that today when you don't have to. (laughs) You You are not living, you are not connected to your actual life today. Instead, you are living in this some fantasy, alternate reality you have constructed in your head. Disconnects you from today. Therefore, you can never find richness of life today because you're not even connected to today. And you are disconnected from God too because you are not trusting in God. Anxiety is so toxic. It is just on the top of the list as a joy killer. It is one of the primary tools of the thief that comes to steal, destroy, and kill. It will kill every possibility of joy from our life. And yet, and yet, we freely engage in anxiety. We give ourselves full freedom. Even if you are like devoted Christian and you are always thinking about what is God's will or not, even then, we give ourselves just License to be anxious. Sometimes we even think of it as virtue. You're anxious about things going wrong and therefore you are virtuous. Because if you're not anxious, if you're not worried, then you will fail. You're not prepared. You will mess up. 
So it's better to be worried. You know, you just kind of become this anxious person. And uh, you know what I mean, right? There's a lot of religious, even in Christendom, a lot of religious people that that are living with full of what could go wrong. That's the primary thing that drives you. And, and it's, it's, it's almost lifted up as a virtue when it is one of the worst sins we can commit. It is in the top of the list when it comes to repentance and turning. We have to think this, take this seriously. It does not help. Anxiety will not help us. Research after research shows that it just hinders your performance, shortens your life, and just basically makes your life miserable. We need to die to anxiety. Yes, things can go bad. Discs can rupture. And jobs can be lost. And relationships can have tension. And yet, God is good all the time. Amen? God is good all the time. That is what faith means. To build your life on that, faith literally means trust, folks. To build our life on trusting that God is good. Caroline spoke powerfully last week about how God opens up a new reality of abundance. When they ran out of wine at the wedding of Cana, Jesus made a thousand bottles of Dom Perignon when they were already drunk. See, running out And scarcity leads to anxiety, and that's the only reality we know. But Jesus, by coming and dying on the cross and rising again, opened up a new reality, reality of abundance in faith. Can we live in that reality? That is what the choice of faith is all about. And anxiety, regret, and blame, these things pushes you to a dark place, of scarcity, of fear, of hate, of divisions, and of smallness. So, this is why every hum- the most important choice facing each human being each day is what reality am I going to live in? This is the choice of faith. Am I going to live in the reality that God is good and I can live in the reality of abundance? Or will I live in anxiety, regret, and blame land? Those are the things that pushes us to dark place. So, regret. Let's talk about regret now. Do you have any regrets in your life? Come on. Fess up. Anyone? Anyone ever, ever go, oh, you know what? That choice I made 10 years ago. What if I didn't make that choice and made the other choice? What would my life be like now? Anybody, anybody do that? Sometimes, sometimes. Good. Fess up. Confess your sins to each other, Bible says. <laughs> It's a good thing. I regret all the time. This summer, when my back is out, oh, you stupid idiot. Why did you do that? Right? That one time. So this one time, phone rang, and I was in my reclining chair. kind of like this and the phone rings but when the phone rings there's like this do you find this to be true there's like this instinct in me to get it 
That's just like it's like a Pavlov's dog or something. You just have to get it when it rings. Do you know what I mean? And so even though I have a disc problem, I just sort of like, you know, reached over, twisting, bending, reaching over. And that's the worst thing you could do to your disc when you have a disc problem. It just pops. And when it pops, it's several months of just constant pain. And so when you do something like that, you just go, you are so dumb. Why did you do that, Charles? And you can just beat up on yourself. Anybody good at beating up on yourself in your head? You just beat up on yourself. You're just merciless, right? Why did you do that? But, you know, all that shame and blame in my head. Who is that person who called? Why did I have to call at that moment? That evil person who called, you know? But, you know, you see, when I'm in that world of regret and blame, do you see I'm rejecting who I really am? When I call myself stupid, why did you do that? If you could have done something else, I'm constructing an alternate reality where I'm a wiser person, not who I am as I am, but someone that I've constructed in my head who makes better decisions. Some fantasy person, some wise person like Yoda or something, you know, with Jedi powers. If I had Jedi powers, I could just say, phone, come to me. Rather than bending, it'll just fly, you know? You guys into Star Wars? Maybe not. I don't know. But you see, again, I'm rejecting who I am. I'm I'm cutting off my day, who I am, in favor of some fantastic person that I'm not. I will never be that person. I could never find richness of life today if I'm in that world. I will never find God in that fantastical world because God doesn't exist in the world of Yoda. Right? As much as I love Star Wars, you're not going to find God in an unreal reality because God is the God of reality. God is the living God of today, not just in some future. He's alive today. And that's where we find God. And that's why things like shame and blame, they kill faith, they kill joy, the self-talk in our heads. We have to really monitor that. This is where rubber meets the road. This is why Jesus died on the cross. The cross didn't solve world hunger. What the cross accomplished is that it took up all blame. Every blame is taken up on the cross. Every regret, every anxiety is canceled on the cross. For the resurrection tells us, all shall be well in the end. Isn't that powerful? This is something that every human being can use. Anxiety-free life, blame-free life, regret-free life. This is the offer of the cross. And when you invite that power into your life, that's what makes it possible for you to begin to find richness of life in every today 
as you are, instead of spending and wasting so much of your life in that unreal place of anxiety, regret, and blame. Amen? Amen. Amen. I love it. This is why the cross is such good news. So let me throw out some practical suggestions on how to tap into this living power today, not just for after we die, but it is a power that's relevant for today. So the first suggestion I have is to practice here, this, now. This is a spiritual discipline that a Jesuit father has come up with. And I mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating because we so often forget to be connected to our life today, here, this, now. It's so easy to get caught up in worries about the future or stewing over things of the past. Someone said X, Y, and Z, and you know, why did they say that, and what does that mean about me, and what does that mean about that, and anybody stew over things? I do all the time. We stew over things of the future or the past. So whenever that happens, I'm going to give you a homework. Since this looks like a classroom, right? I'm going to give you homework for this week. Make it your spiritual goal, spiritual homework this week. Every day this week, try to repeat to yourself at least three times a day, hear this now as a prayer unto God. Hear this now. It's so easy to get caught up in the smartphone. Instead of being present to people around you and the life around you and experience around you, hear this now. So whenever you get caught up in anxiety or regret or blame or find yourself stewing over things, just invite God to help you to be present. This is your prayer. Hear this now. Whether you are a Christian or not, this is something you can do, right? Hear this now. And it will help you find richness of life today. So try it and see what happens. See if joy comes as a fruit. Second suggestion I have is to invite the power of the cross against anxiety, regret, and blame. Because sometimes we find ourselves in these things, even though we know these are no good. Sometimes we get caught in these things and we can't get out. They are like quicksand or something. You know, just the more you struggle, the more, the more you say, okay, stop being anxious, the more anxious we get. Uh, Late at night, you're just worried about X, Y, and Z, and you just say, I can't go to sleep, stop being anxious. And the more you do that, the more you get worried. Right? Sometimes it's hard to get out of these things. Whenever that happens, invite the power of the cross to help you escape to freedom. This cross has real power. It really does. Try it. I mean, even if you're skeptical, you can give it a try because this is the essential message of the cross. 
that it stands against all blame, all regret, all anxiety, all shall be well, all tears wiped away. This is what the cross stands for. So you can just invite that in your life and see if it helps you. In fact, I'd like us to give it a try right now. I mean, just for 30 seconds. I want you to think about something you're worried about, something challenging. Every human being at any given moment has at least two or three things that can worry them. That's what I believe. And I don't want us to take too much time on this. I don't want us to stew in this. So just take 30 seconds. Just whatever is on the top of your head, financial stuff, health stuff, relational stuff, whatever, what is your anxiety at the top of the list? What do you stew over? Yeah? Does anything pop into your head? I'll give you 30 seconds. Okay. So whatever popped to your head, now this is sort of like a symbolic gesture, like a prayer, if you don't mind, just put your hand out. Whatever popped into your head, imagine that on your hand. Imagine it on your hand. Now imagine a giant cross in front of you and just lift it off. Go like this. Lift it off. Give it to the cross. Invite the cross. God, break the power of anxiety over our lives. In Jesus' name. Now, how did that feel? Feels good? Feels a little better, right? It's good. Now, try that all the time this week and see how that works. My final suggestion is to connect with people who can help. We need help with all this. Personally, this is not something I found myself being able to do on my own. Left to myself, it is just all too easy to live in the world of anxiety, regret, and blame. Christian faith is not something we can do on our own. We need other people to remind us what is the aim of faith. What is it that Jesus really came to give us? It's so easy to forget and start thinking about, you know, what am I doing right? How am I going to, how am I preparing for the future? And that just leads to anxiety, regret, and blame. It's so easy. We forget. We need this community to keep reminding us what is true sin. It is anxiety, regret, and blame. Those are the things that really kill. That is the spiritual disease that leads to all kinds of other bad problems. This is what we have to repent of. This is what we need to move away from so that we can live blame-free, anxiety-free, regret-free life, find fullness of life Jesus came to give. We need each other to remind each other This is it. Let's encourage each other to do that. So let me suggest three different ways to connect to this community. First, if you're kind of skeptical about all this, you're kind of new to Jesus, or you grew up a Christian but got disappointed with faith, whatever the case may be, maybe you're skeptical, but, but you are here, that means you're curious. You are intrigued. You're intrigued by this idea of anxiety-free life. If that's you, I want you to try SEEK. It's a 10-week course we do. It's a very powerful thing we do, best thing we do, really. And it's just a safe space where people who are skeptical can come without judgment, without any 
any like awkwardness, be able to ask questions and really have a good time together. Now there is a, a, a person, a, a couple here who's in the film industry who took Seek and loved it so much that they made a, a promotional video out of it. Laura, she's sitting here. It was really well made. I want you, you to see it, okay? So here it is, let's go. Seek. I was pretty sure that there was no such thing as God. And I was pretty sure that church causes more evil than good in society. I remember vividly that John Fursey and Charles mentioning this in the first class, saying, if you're here to get all the right answers, that's not what this class is about. And that's what actually got me intrigued. One of the really interesting things about Seek is it's not like a class about the Christian faith in the way that some people might think about it, where you would learn like theology and you know examine the claims that are considered to be core to the Christian faith. You know, you get some of that along the way, of course, but from the outset, it wants to show people how God can be part of our lives. Another thing that people said is that it made them feel less. judged for where they're at in their journey that always makes me feel good like knowing that people leave feeling like I'm okay <laughs> like you know less stress about faith Seek to me is a safe space my experience with Seek was definitely life changing the one thing that I gained from this class is just that personal connection and faith and now I'm just building upon that Doesn't it look good? It's so professional. It's awesome. So try Seek. It starts on October 11th. You get a free dinner. So give it a try. And for those of you who are already sold on faith, try Life Groups. You can find where Life Group meets on our River app. Now, how many of you have upgraded to the newest iPhone, iOS? Many of you? Who... If you have, River App is not working. <laughs> We're working very hard to fix that. You'll have to go to our website instead. So don't upgrade. <laughs> But uh, it'll be fixed. But River App has so many useful things. We have daily suggestions based on this sermon on what you can do every day to kind of push deeper into what we talked about. It also has information about where the life groups are. Go there and ask each other and encourage each other and pray for each other towards anxiety-free life. It's a very good thing. And finally, I want to also talk about 201, our membership class, if you've been here for a while. And you kind of think, well, you know, I like this talk of anxiety-free life. I like to come for the next several months. At least that, then try 201. It will make your experience of this church a lot richer because you will get an idea of what makes this church work. It starts on October 16th. It goes from 9.45 to 11.15, basically over the first service. And so give it a try and see what happens. I think everybody who took it, takes it, find it very helpful to at least understand what makes this church tick. And that's worth investing in. Moving towards... Finding richness of life every every today, that's worth your time and your investment. It can change your life. It will make your life richer. That's worth investing in.
That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that you are offering to help us connect to our actual life today and make it richer and fuller towards life in all its fullness. Thank you that the cross is the antidote to anxiety and regret and blame. For we don't know anything else that can help us against these life killers and joy killers. So help us, O oh God. Starting today, make this a day one of just powerfully moving forward in the power of the cross to live anxiety-free, regret-free, blame-free for everyone that's here. In Jesus' name, amen.